So, good afternoon, everybody. Be'ezrat um, Hashem, it should be uh, safe and quiet to all Toshvei uh, Medinat Yisrael. Um, over the past uh, two days, we've had very uh, difficult time. So, Be'ezrat Hashem, uh, it will be quiet and maybe the merit of learning Torah uh, will be dedicated to the um, injured over the last two days and Be'ezrat Hashem, uh, everyone should be health and safe. Okay, today's shir is we are moving on to the stage of the final stage when a woman goes to complete her purification process. We started off by when she saw blood, she became impure. After that, she then did her uh, hefsektara after waiting, as we saw, four or five days, uh, she then is able to start the Sheven Akim, the seven clean days. And at the end of the seven clean days, she is now permitted to go to the mikvah. Now, going to the mikvah, we're going to learn a, a few different halachot. Uh, today, she is actually going to focus on the actual immersion itself, meaning what is considered a problem. Uh, or not a problem for a woman when she actually immerses uh, in, in the mikvah. And the major topic that the Shulchan Aruch and all the poskim deal with is a concept called the chatzitza. Chatzitza is some type of interposition, um, and we'll see what the problem is. The Torah tells us that when a person has to, that he, he or she has to immerse her entire body in water. But if there's some type of chatzitza, an interposition on a person's body, that could invalidate the immersion. So let's see what the Gemara in Nida Samach Zayin explains us, the rules and the parameters of when such an interposition, when such a chatzitza invalidates the immersion and when it doesn't. Explains Rabbi Yitzchak. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Dvar Torah. On a Torah level, Rubo hamakpidalav chotzetz. In order to invalidate the immersion, you need two separate criteria. Criteria number one, that the chatzitza is covering the majority of the body. Um, criteria number two, that a person is makpid, is <clears throat> a person is particular that they do not want that uh, interposition, that chatzitza. They want to remove it. So that means if, let's just take an example of mud. Let's say I had uh, just gone to the Dead Sea, half of my body is covered, or majority of my body is covered in mud. I don't want to, you know, get back in the car with that mud. That would be a chatzitza minatora. Why? Because it covers the majority of my body, and I'm interested in washing the mud off. That is called Rubo hamakpidalav chotzetz. Second category. Rubo veinomakpidalav. What happens if I have uh, all of this, um, something covering my body or the majority of my body, but I'm not particular to remove it. Let's say a person puts on a cream over their body, right? You put a cream over your body to, but you're not interested in removing it. Enochotzetz. On a Torah level, that would not be considered a chatzitza. The gazru al However, the rabbis instituted a even if something is not, you're not particular to remove it, but it covers the majority of your body, it's a problem rabbinically. The gazru al And let's say I've got a, 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 a plaster or something. That's on the minority of my body, but I'm interested in removing it. So Chazal said that that also is a problem rabbinically, meaning from the Torah, I need two criteria in order to invalidate it. I needed to cover the majority of my body and I need to be makpid to remove it. I want to get rid of it. Rabbinically, even if I have one of those categories, I'm going to be in trouble. Either it's covering the majority of my body or even if it's the minority of the body, but I am particular to remove it, that would make the immersion invalid. Meet the 
let us also make a decree on a minority of the on the body. I, it's not covering my entire body, it's just a minority. And I'm also not particular to get rid of it. Why do we not why are we not makbid regarding that? Says the Gemara, he nikom This is really a, a, a ready exaira, and we have a principle. The Chazal, the sages are permitted to make one decree, but they're not allowed to make a decree on a decree. So that would not, would not work over here. And because of that, we have basically three categories. That comes out from the Gemara Nida. If I have two criteria, it covers the majority of my body, and I am makbid, it invalidates, it's, it's a chatzitza minatora. If it only has one criteria, either it's majority of my, of my body, it covers the majority of my body, or I'm makbid, in such a case, it's invalid. However, if both of those criteria are not there, meaning it's, the, it's only a minority of my body, and I'm not particular to remove it, that is not even an invalid uh, uh, immersion midrabana. And this is how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, the Shulchan Aruch says, um, sorry, before we get to the Shulchan Aruch, when we say a person is not particular, who decides on, on the, the concept called kapeda? So this is a famous machloket between the Rambam and the Rashba. The Rambam says it's subjective, meaning every person that goes to the mikveh has to ask themselves this question. Am I particular to remove this from my body or not. And based on that answer that a person answers themselves, that is defined as kapeda or not, as a, a person who is makbid or not. So according to the Rambam, it's completely subjective. According to the Rashba, the Rashba says, no, it's got nothing to do with, um, even if a person themselves is not makbid about a certain Let's, let's say, for example, you've got a piece of dirt, and this person is not worried about the piece of dirt on their hands, but most people are worried about that piece of dirt and will want to wash it off. According to the Rashbet, that is considered makpid, because right? we go according to the majority of people, right? And, and therefore, that would be considered kapeda. I just add in parenthesis that the Rashbet was talking about being machmir, meaning that the person themselves is not, um, is not makbid. And the Rashba says, but other people are. In such a case, we do view it as a, as a, as a hakpada, as, as being makbid. What would be the opposite scenario? So before we get to the opposite scenario, let's read how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins in this machloket between the Rambam and the Rashba. Says the Shulchan Aruch in Kuftzadichet, first of all, very important, when she immerses, the entire body has to be immersed at once, as opposed to when kashering kalim, there, we don't have to have the whole pot simultaneously immersed in the water. Here, when it comes to immersion for purification, the entire body has to be immersed, including the head and the hair. And therefore, nothing can interpose um, between her and the water. Even a small part. Now look at the wording of the Shulchan Aruch here. He says, If most people even are occasionally makpid to remove it, it's considered a chatzitza. Even if this woman right now is not makpid, regarding it. Since the majority of people are makpid, this would be considered a chatzitza. Even if this woman is never makpid about it, but most people are, we see the Shulchan Aruch is very clearly, Lacha follows the Rashba over here, and he is machmir, that basically, if a even if a person is not makpid, but the most of the people are makpid, we are, uh, one has to worry about it. Vimhu chofer rov gufa, rov aguf, avilo en derech b'nei adam lakpid b'kach, And if it covers the majority of the body, right, even if people are not makpid, 
it's also going to be considered a chatzitza because this is the second criteria. Anything that covers the majority of the body is going to be a problem. So we see the Shulchan Aruch basically paskins the Gemara that we saw in Nida and adds a very important halacha. The halacha follows the Rashba that even if a person himself is not makbid, if most people are makbid, that is considered a chatzitza. Now, the Ramah, <coughs> we saw very, very clearly in the Shulchan Aruch, and also, sorry, in the Gemara, that if it's a minority that a person is not makpid about, it's not considered a chatzitza. However, the Ramah adds the opinion of the Agat Shari Dura. And the Ramah says as follows, Ulechatchila lo titbol afilu bedvarim sheinan chotzitzin. Gzeira atu dvarim chotzitzin. Says the Ramah, that lechatchila one shouldn't even go to the mikvah, even with something that is not considered a chatzitza. Let's give an example. What about a ring? Let's say a ring <coughs> is, uh, is loose, right? Um, sorry, not necessarily loose. Oh, sorry, not loose. A ring is not loose. However, it's a minority, right? It's a minority on the body. And a woman's not makpit to remove that, that ring. According to the halacha that we've seen up until now, there's no reason to remove the ring because it's a minority on her body and she's not makpit to remove it. Says the Ramah, even though it's not considered a chatzitza, one should take off the ring. And this is uh, the Ravozna and, uh, and uh, Rav Mordechai Eliyahu would clarify. Vim tabla afilu but let's say a woman didn't take off the ring. She decided she's not taking off the ring. She goes to the mikvah. Even Bemezid says Ravosna, it's a kosher mikvah. Or if it's Shatatchak, for some reason, let's say a woman can't get a ring off. Right? So if you can't get a ring off, maybe that's considered Shatatchak. But Yeved, no problem. Because since it's a minority that does not, since a minority, and she's not makpid to remove it, it's not considered a chatzitza, not midoraita, not midrabanan, nachon, there's a chumra of the ramah, but periyeve, we're not worried about it, or bishatatchak, we're not worried about it. The dark says is a similar thing. Lechatchila, ein leisha litvol bedvarim shalia. A woman shouldn't go to the mikvah with anything upon her, no, no earrings, no, no rings, etc. Av shenam chatzitzim veinam makpidim alem, even if, it's not considered a chatzitza, and she's not makbid to remove them. So he said, look, if she's still in the mikvah, take them off and go and, and, and do another immersion. However, without a bracha. But she doesn't have to uh, go back and uh, do um, another immersion. Now, <clears throat> the question is, and this is a, a, a more philosophical question. Did the Gemara not say that the sages were not able to make a to a So telling a woman that she can't go to the mikvah with a ring, which is a minority of her body, and she's not makfit to remove it, that goes against the Gemara. So how can, how can the Ramah come along and say, based on the Shari Dura, that she should not go to the mikvah with the ring. That goes against what the Gemara said explicitly. And this is the, 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 the Rabbosna deals with this question. He says as follows, The Achronim had a difficult time. This opinion of the Ramah, we don't find any real gzera. In fact, the opposite. We find the Gemara saying that you can't make such a gzera. The Amruba Gemara, it's considered a one decree on another decree. How can the Rishonim come later and say that there's a decree when the sages of the Talmud said we can't make such a decree? And Rabbosan is going to give three answers. So let's see his three answers to the Sugya. Don't think that this is another Xaira because she might become Makbid, etc. Ella. 
Answer number one says, Ravosna, correct. If it's true that it's a minority on her body and she isn't makpid, there's no reason for her to take it off. What's the concern? That we are not certain that people know what makpid is. As we already saw, the Shulchan Aruch paskind that even if she's not makpid, but other people are makpid, that's considered davara makpidala. So maybe other women are makpid about this ring or whatever it is. And because we, because this idea of she's not, we're not certain that everyone knows what the concept of kapeda is, that's why the Ramah says, lechatrila, take everything off. Answer number one. So it's not a new Xaira. It's based on the original Xaira, but we just, since people don't know what makpid is, we have to be makpid. A second answer, the Chashu Gambe no Makpid came into Gerak Peda through Gambe Nashimacherot. So that's already, I mentioned that I put the two answers together. Why is it? Uh, um, so, answer number one was maybe they don't know this idea of Makpid, what is Makpid, what is not. Answer number two is even if they are not Makpid, but other women are Makpid, so, so because of that, that's also Chosa Yudia. Okay. Um, and the third answer of Rabbi was basically, maybe the Gemara was just talking Bediyevet, but even the Gemara would say that she shouldn't go to the mikvah with anything. That is uh, not such a simple answer because we do find cases in the Gemara where we know that women went to the mikvah with their clothes on. Um, now, that's not necessarily a kasha because we will get, when we get to the next, uh, when we get to the next section, um, maybe that what I just said is not a kasha on, on Ravosna. But, but let's go to the next session before we get there. Just before we do that, how does Ravovadya paskin regarding the schumra of the Rama? Says Ravovadya, Women shouldn't, be, uh, shouldn't go to the mikvah even with things that are not considered a chatzitzah. Aval marana bet Yosef and also Says Ravavadia, this is a chumrah of Ashkenazim. The Isfarim didn't accept such a chumrah. We didn't see that. We saw that Rav Malachi was machmir. But according to Ravavadia Yosef, um, this is a chumrah of the Ramah that was never accepted by Maran um, Rav Yosef Karo. Now, up until now, <clears throat> up until now, I've been talking about something that is a minority of the on the body and the woman's not makpid about it for example a ring but let's assume that the ring was watertight meaning that water could not come between the ring and the and the water right uh between the ring and the skin but what about things that are loose on the body such as let's say a woman wearing a, a some type of shawl or something like that so says Rashi a very interesting din in Shabbos Nun Rashi was, the sugya over there is describing a woman basically using, wearing a, a, some type of a, um, shawl or whatever it is. Um, oh, sorry, there is some type of kapeda over here. And Rashi says it's considered a chatzitza. But then Rashi continues and he says, I don't understand this. When did we say that if it is a minority and a woman is makpid about it, it's a problem? It is referring to something that is tightly adhering to the body, such as the ring, where water cannot penetrate between the ring and the skin. On that, the Gemara was discussing minority and makpid or not. And there says Rashi, even though water can't get through, since a woman is not makpid on this watertight ring, it's considered nullified to the woman's body and nullified to her hair, and therefore it's not considered a problem, even the chathila. Again, taking away the chumrah of the Ramah, there's no problem on a watertight ring. 
אבל במימיתית ללא מהדק, בצז רש"י, הומה מסכנים, something is not uh, um, close to the body, let's say some type of shawl or something like that, ואילה במאיה, and water can get through, מאי חוצץ אצל איקלמימה, what is, there's no, it's not appropriate to discuss the concept of, um, of a chatzitza. That's not a chatzitza at all. Halav chatzitz. And therefore, says Rashi, that, that's out of the picture. Meaning that if a woman would, let's say, wear, I don't know, some type of uh, loose dress over her, and water can definitely penetrate and get through, according to Rashi, that's not a chatzitza at all. It's not even shayach to bring in the discussion of a chatzit. Here, Rashi is arguing on his rabbis. Rashi's teachers still felt that that had a din of a chatzitza. And the question is, how we pass it? So here says the Pitre Tshuva. Pitre Tshuva says, Katav v'sefer levush esrad, v'zeh lo shono. Afal gav, even though damaya ayal behu, water can penetrate. Right? And, and who cares that a woman wants to remove it? The fact that I want to remove my dining room table from the, from the, you know, from the lounge to outside, it's got nothing to do with the laws of immersion. That, that's the point of Rashi. If it's not close to the skin, who cares whether I want it removed or not? I want, I want to take down the picture from my, from my wall. It's got nothing to do with the laws of immersion. That's the opinion of Rashi. However, the Bet Yosef wrote that the Tur paskened like the rabbis of Rashi, meaning that even though water can penetrate between the, uh, the skin um, and the, the object involved, it's still considered a chatzitza, at least rabbinically, uh, uh, especially if, if, uh, if a woman is makvid about um, However, the Drisha argues, and he holds that the opinion of Rashi is ikar. How does the dark etara paskin? Davar chotzetz. Explains from Molech HaElyahu. Chotzetz, what does it mean a chatzitza? Davka imu davuk it has to be stuck to the body or to the hair. But if it is loose, even if a person is particular to remove it, it's not considered a chatzitza. And then he quotes the opinion of rabbis, of the, the, the teachers of Rashi. Even though this isn't something that is close to the body, water is penetrating between it, it's still considered a chatzitza. And Paskin's Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, Lechatchila noagim lachmir kamotam. Lechatchila, we tell women, don't go into the mikvah with anything. No jewelry, no, no uh, cuckoos, no, um, no loose-fitting clothing. Go completely without anything. But a woman who's already gone home after going to the mikvah, she doesn't have to uh, go back to the mikvah. This is also the opinion of Rav Knol. Right? One, shouldn't, uh, one shouldn't go into the mikvah with anything, but it's not a problem. Now, um, Rav Vozna, that uh, says similar discussion. He says like this: This discussion, i.e., the machloket between Rashi and his his teachers, is basically the machloket. What about a loose fitting bracelet or ring? Now says Ravosna, Davka munach alaguf. Even according to the Machmirim, says Rav Vosna, it's got to be that it's on the body. If it's very far away from the body, then there's nothing to talk about. Then, you know, so for example, if a woman would go into the mikvah with some type of tent, almost, right? And, and, and when do we use this? 
Sambate Dinim uses for Giyur, right? That a woman has to go into a mikveh with, you know, there's in front of a baitin. So, so how do you get around the problem of Tzniyot? So, so one of the one of the solutions is to basically go in with a very um, loose type of shawl. Um, now, that could be a problem according to what the Ramah is saying, right? But here we're saying that the Shevet Halevi is saying, look, if it's not if it's not in contact with the skin at all, there's nothing to talk about. It's not considered a chatzita to begin with, right? So that that that. Uh, even according to the Mahmirim, i.e. the rabbis of Rashi, that's only when it's on the body, such as a ring, a bracelet. There, yesh makom uh, to be Mahmir. Okay? Um, so that's what we've uh, seen up until now. Uh, if there are any questions, um, you can ask. Otherwise, let's, let's move on to the next uh, topic. And that is hair. Now, here we find a very interesting discussion uh, in the Gemara in Sukkah. The Gemara in Sukkah says, Amar Barashi Amarav, Shiurin Chatzitzin Machitzin Halach Misina. We know that Shiurin, Shiurin means a Kazayit or Kabeitza, all of these things. Where is it written in the Torah that if a person eats a certain amount on Yom Kippur, he's Chayav Karet? That is all Halach Misina. Also, the laws of Chatzitza. And finally, the laws of Mechitzot regarding Eruvim and regarding uh, the laws of Sukkah, that's all Dinim Halach Lamosh Misina. Now, for our topic, Chatzitzin, let's go back to the Dinim of Chatzitza, these interpositions. Says the Gemara, what do you mean it's Halach Lamosh Misina? This is explicit in the Torah. What do you so, so, so why are you telling me this halach l'mosh misinai? Halach l'mosh misinai means that there is no source for it in the written Torah. It's a Masorah. It's a still a Doraita. It's still a Din Minat Torah. However, it's halach l'mosh misinai, meaning you can't find an explicit Pasuk in the Torah that will, that will tell you this halacha. It says, this, we do find the explicit halacha in the uh, Pasuk in the Torah. Barachat et besarob Right? Meaning, the water has to immerse the entire body. So, answers the Gemara, no, it's coming to teach me what was that also the hair has to be uh, immersed. Right? It's part of the it's part of the immersion, and there can't be a chatzitza on the hair. Also, Gemara, no, also hair is from the written Torah. The word et over here is superfluous. So the Gemara is learning out what's et coming to teach me. It's coming to include something that is secondary to the skin, to the flesh. And that is the hair. So says the Gemara, you're right, it's coming to teach me something else. The din of Rav Yitzchak. What was the din of Rav Yitzchak? As we saw, the din of Rubo Umakpid. Right? That's the halacha l'moshem misina. But regarding hair, so hair is considered a chatzitza, minatora, tichora. Now, what is the definition of of a, of a chatzitza when it comes to hair? And by the way, this could this uh, it's quite a frequent question when it comes to hilchot uh, mikva. Often, women um, when they do find a chatzitza. Often it's regarding the hair. So one has to know these halachot um, if you are uh, dealing with these issues. Uh, definitely one of the more common questions are they found a knot in the hair after they've gone to the mikvah and now you have to work out was the immersion in the mikvah valid or invalid. So we go back to our Gemara in Nida Samach Zayin. I'm a Rabbi Baba Chana. Meaning one hair that got uh, um, entangled by itself and not in the single hair is considered a chatzitza. Three hairs are not considered a chatzitza. But if two hairs get tied together, he's not sure. And Rabbi Yochanan clarifies it's only one hair 
not um, not two hairs. Now, what, what what is the difference between one hair, two hairs? So, the Rishonim explained that if you have one hair tying in and of itself, the knot is very very small, meaning water cannot penetrate there. However, if you have two hairs, then there is less. Um, then then basically water can penetrate that, and definitely three hairs, and therefore it's not considered a chaplitza. How do we pass based on this tomorrow? Where, remember, we saw that hair is basically chelek of the, the din of chatzitza plus to hair, mina Torah. Says the Shulchan Aruch, Shtei sa'arot oyoter shayuk shurim kechad kesher echad. If you had two hairs that tied together, that's not considered a chatzitza. We assume that water can penetrate them and it's not a problem. And the Ramah adds, the ain chiluk im or or you just took two hairs and tied them together. however, one hair that had a knot, But now adds something very important. This is just up until now. All the Gemara was telling me that this is considered a chatzitza. But remember, in order for it to be a problem in Torah, you need two separate criteria. Number one, it needs to be a chatzitza, okay? And number two, it has to be that the woman is makpid to remove such a chatzitza. So says the Ramah, there still needs to be that she's makpid, that she doesn't have a knot in her hair. But if she's not makpid, in such a case, Betty Evet, it worked. Ajay Rod Sarah, until the majority of her hair is considered all knotted, by themselves, and then, then Bemeta would be a problem because then you have um, these denim. So it's an interesting din over here because basically, what's the Ramah telling me? That even though it's considered a chatzitza, however, since she's not makpid bedi ebed, it's going to be okay. So it's a bit of a kilaim over here. Why? Because we said that if it's a chatzitza, right, that that you um, that covers the majority of your body, and you makpid about it, then it's an invalid minatora. If you only have one of those criteria, then it's Invalid midrabana. If you don't have any of those criteria, i.e., it's a minority and you're not makbid, you don't have to worry about it. Here the Ramah says, even though it's a minority and a woman isn't worried about it, it only works bidi ebed. I bidi ebed, she doesn't have to go back. Right? But lechatchila, she doesn't. Now, this could be fitting in with the shita of. Rama, we said, she doesn't have to, we don't, we don't let her take anything, even though it's not considered a chatzitza. Okay, that's just a, a point of discussion that we need to be aware of, that here the Rama seems to be more machmir, um, now could be fitting into his general category of the Shari Dura, right? Or is this like a separate category for some reason? Okay, let's move on. Um, no, I'm going to leave that. It's not such a, the different parts of the body, um, the armpit versus the hair. Lamai said today, everything is, is pretty much the same because today, because people are makbid on hygiene. So, you know, whether you have uh, hair sticking under the armpit together, people are also makbid about that. So really there's no, there's no real nafkamina, even in the times, of, although the Shukhanar does make a nafkamina between uh, the hair of the beard and the hair under the armpits. But let's go to a very more, a, a very practical topic, and this is makeup and cosmetics. And here we have already in the time of the Rishonim, the Rishonim dealt with women going to the mikvah with makeup, cosmetics. What is the din regarding chatzitza? And here the Rosh gives us two very important criteria. The Nashim Hatsovotatzman, woman who color themselves, are you putting on some type of makeup? It seems to me there's not, it's not considered a chatzitza. And he gives two reasons. One, 
כי הוא לנוי להן ואינן מקפידות אלא עשהו במתכוון. ונאמר אחד, זה לא שהיא לא רוצה ‫האופוזיט היא נכון, ‫היא רוצה את זה, ‫היא רוצה את המייקאפ עונה. ‫ועוד, ונאמר שתיים, ‫שאין בו ממש. ‫אין סובסטנס לחציצה, ‫זה פשוט איזשהו כאילו קולורי. ‫עכשיו, הרשפס מתחילה ‫על אלה האלה, ‫והרשפס מתחילה כך. צבעים שעל ידי אנשים או שעל השיער לנוי. This coloring that women colored their hair, יראה לי שאינן חוצצים. Seems to me it's not considered a חציצה לפי שאינן מקפידות בהן לעולם. Since women are not particular to remove it, אבא, אדרבה חוזרוננו מחדשות אותן תמיד לנוי. And women want to recolor their hair, etc. And even though this hair covers this color, covers all of her hair, meaning we're talking about we've already established that if it's the majority, then it's considered a problem. Now, I didn't, I didn't specify this, but most Rishonim understand that the hair is independent of the body. Meaning that when you say rubo hamakpid, there's rubo hamakpid, rubo of the body and rubo of the hair. So even though the hair color is not the majority of a woman's body, but it is the majority of her hair, that would be enough to be part of, fulfill the criteria of rubo hamakpid. So says the Rashba, I don't understand. If it's rubo, afo piche no makpid alab chotzeit. Rabbinically, it's considered a chatzitza. However, can makpedet verotzel yotcha? Here the Rashba is basically giving a chidosh. He's saying that there is this one thing that it's, the majority is there and you're not makped to remove it. But if it's there and you actually want it there, then even though it's a majority, it's not even an invalid midrabanat. כאן מקפדת ורוצה להיותו שם, הרעו כאילו הוא מגופו של שיער. therefore considered as if it turns into part of the hair, ופגבגת צבוע שאין הצבע כדבר הנוסף בחוצץ. And you see, quite so, to basically, you have a garment that is colored. You don't say that there's a garment and a coloring on the garment, it's a garment. I'm wearing a jacket. The jacket happens to be black, it happens to be blue. Right? But it's part of the garment. Okay, so, um, That is the opinion of the Rashba and the Rosh. How does the Shulchan Aruch pass it? Shulchan Aruch says, This makeup that women paint their, their faces, be the hen, the se'ar, roshan, and the he, eina chotzetz. Says the Shulchan Aruch, it's not considered a chatzitza. V'chein mishu tzaba, and similarly a painter, yadav tzvot, and his hands are full of paint, is not considered a chatzitza. That case, case regarding the painter is slightly different, but here, what we want to focus on is the woman, based on this, dyeing one's hair shouldn't be a problem. Bichora shouldn't be a problem. However, says the dark etara, and this is a very, very true um, understanding of the reality. Imavar zman rat, If a long time uh, since a woman dyed her hair, <laughs> now the roots of the hair are, are not uh, dyed. And most women are makpid regarding that. Says Rav Morchaliyah, you got two options. Either she redyes her hair or She removes all the hair, uh, all the dye. But let's say she didn't do other of these options. And we can assume based on one of the two reasons of the, um, of the Rashba and the Rosh, either because this dye doesn't really have substance to it, or in the end of the day, it is done there for Noi, and therefore uh, it's not considered a Chatzitza. 
Um, what about nail polish? So, so lichora, nail polish might be slightly different because nail polish does have more of a substance to it than, um, than hair dye. Let's see what Rav Bosna says. So when it comes to coloring their hair on their eyes and their hands, says Ravosna, it's not considered since it's there to beautify a woman, she's not makbi to remove it. It's true that in previous generations, women were makbi not to put on makeup because they were worried about a chatzitza. But then he says, regarding mascara, it clogs up. They're like a few um, kind of uh, clumps of mascara that, that remain on the eyelashes. And he said that definitely is considered a chatzitza because women would want to remove that because it's not considered noy. And then he says, and there are certain types that you can't remove. Since it's only an appearance without really having substance, that would uh, be okay. But then he says, what about nail polish? Anything that is there for um, for appearance, for beautification, is not considered a chatzitza. Nevertheless, machmirim beze. Now, why are we machmir? Because there's also substance to it. And also lipstick that's got a bit of grease to it, that we could argue, uh, since there is a certain substance to it, it could be considered chatzitza, but only bedievet, if you can't get it off, then we are makal according to the Rashba. Basically, what, what is the, the um, Rav Vosna saying? In order to be makal chatzitza, we need both criteria mentioned by the Rosh and the Rashba. Those criteria are number one. Women are doing it ideally to beautify themselves. I, they want it there. It's not just that they're not makbid to remove it. They actually want it. And secondly, that whatever they're putting on their body doesn't have real substance to it. Doesn't have real substance to it. However, when there is real substance to it, then lechatchila, we are not makel. Lechatchila, we're not makel. But the evid, yesh makom to be uh, makel. Yeah? Okay. Um, similarly, Rav Ovad Yosef basically also says that one doesn't, one should remove all of these things, but for the Evid, one can be lenient. Okay. The, the next and final topic that we'll be discussing today is something called Beit Astarim. Beit Astarim are the hidden cavities of the body. And what is the din of the hidden cavities of the body? So basically, the hidden cavities are the mouth, the nasal um, uh, nostrils, and um, and the vaginal cavity. So says the Gemara, Amarava loilam yomara dam betoch beitosh adei sham medicha beit kamatia b'mayim. Now the the Gemara actually adds a fourth category here, and that is the armpit. Since the armpit when you, you, you know, you fold um, your arm down, when you place your arm next to it, the, the skin is not visible. That is also considered beta stari. This doesn't need water. So why do you have to be careful that there's no chatzitza there? So answers the Gemara. Right? Basically, although water doesn't need to practically come in contact with, let's say, the woman's mouth. So she doesn't have to then open her mouth and let all the water of the mikveh come in. However, it needs to be able to be that if she did open her mouth, the water would have been able to come in and cover all parts of her mouth. And this is called rawi lipiatmai. So that is uh, critical. 
So now says uh, the Ravozna, over Rishonim Pligi, Machloket Rishonim, Imdin Rawi Lebiat Maim, Humidoraita, or not. And the bottom line is, Halacha is that if there's a chatzitza in a woman's mouth, for example, it's a chatzitza mina Torah, even though she doesn't have to have a, even though she doesn't necessarily need the water to go into her mouth, she doesn't have to open her mouth. However, if there is a piece of meat or something between the teeth, there would be a chatzitza min ha-Torah. And now the Shulchan Aruch says as follows. Although we said that it's a, it's a chatzitza min ha-Torah, Shulchan Aruch does make one distinction. If she didn't uh, check herself, and then afterwards, let's say she finds a piece of meat between her teeth, the tefillah wasn't good. But let's say she forgot to check her mouth. And she went to the mikveh. Afterwards, she checked, she couldn't find anything. Although she didn't check herself before the tefillah, it's not a problem. It's not comparable to checking the outside of her body. There we'll see that if she, doesn't, if she forgot to do chafifah and check her, the outside of her body, there it might be more machi. Now, But here the Shukhan is paskening that if she didn't check but the Eved, we don't say that there's a problem with the, uh, we don't say that there's a problem with the tefillah. Now the Shach wants to explain why is it. Um, so he brings two answers. He first quotes the Magne Melech, that the reason is because, because it's more internal, if she checked afterwards and she didn't find it, Mistoma, the Chatzitza wasn't there at the time of the mikvah. Why? Because it's harder to fall out. So since it's harder to fall out, so says, uh, says the Madnei Melech, Minasama wasn't there before the, 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 the mikvah. And that might not be the same thing as, as if she didn't check the rest of her body. But then says the Shach, Ulechinam Dachach. No, this is a, 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 why do we have to go there? We see already that the Gemara makes a distinction between the beta starim, these internal cavities, and the rest of the body. Internal cavities do not need water to come in contact with them. They need to be possible for water to come in contact with them. But that distinction is why we are able to be Michael in this case. That's the opinion of the Shah. Uh, the final thing regarding this din is what about um, teeth and cavities? So we'll just say very quickly that the mina brought down the Shulchan Aruch is uh, um, that a woman, Yeshna Agot, Shelo Lecho Basar Beyom Lechtan Leveta Tvila, women uh, have a custom not to eat meat because they're worried that they're going to get it stuck in their teeth. And even if she did check herself afterwards, we worry that, you know, something remained and she didn't get it. And it's a minag yafeh. Now, this is an important word. It's a good minag to do. But if a woman ate meat, that doesn't mean she shouldn't go to the mikvah that night. And this is what the Shevet uh, Alevi, he says, Oh, sorry, he's just talking about that. It's also meat of an animal, meat of a bird, um, but not, not, uh, not with it when it comes to fish. But here, this says the Taz. If a woman did eat meat, a woman should not uh, postpone going to the mikvah because of this. And then he says further, Woman eat anyway. But she should be careful to clean her teeth afterwards. And this is basically the opinion of, uh, of Ramon Chayliyahu. What about fillings? So I'll say it outside. Basically, if it's a permanent filling, it's not considered a chatzitza. A permanent filling, we assume, is a miut, shenomak pid. They don't want it removed, and therefore it's not a problem. What happens when you have a non-permanent filling? Let's say you're in the middle of a, of a dental treatment. So before they can do the filling, they just 
put some type of, or, or sometimes you go to the dentist, they don't have time to put a filling in. So what do they do? They just put a piece of putty uh, or some, whatever, some, some material there. It's a, a, a temporary filling and come back in a week's time and I'll put on, I'll, I'll have time, I'll do a proper filling. So now let's say a woman has that. Can she go to the mikvah? So to say that she's not makbid, it's not true because she is really, it's not there permanently. She does want it removed. She just doesn't want it removed right now, but she wants it removed in the next few days. So what would the din be then? So then it gets a bit more tricky. So here, Rabozna makes a distinction. He says like this. If, let's say, a person's in the middle of root canal, and it's very, very painful for, for to take out the temporary, if you, if you take out the temporary um, uh, uh, filling, you're going to expose the nerve, and it's going to be very painful, then she doesn't want it removed, even for a very short period of time, and it's not considered a chatzitza. However, if it's uh, something not, not of that nature, then it might be more, more problematic. Huh? Now, if it's there for a few weeks, sometimes the, they, they put on a temporary crown or whatever just to see how, how it fits, that's also not going to be a problem. That is the summary of uh, Rav Levi in his, uh, in his book of here. Also, Machon Pua basically put, uh, put the same thing. And just uh, nasal cleanliness, basically, we don't, we don't have to worry about, you know, you don't have to do like a corona test every time a woman needs to go to the mikvah. Uh, you know, put that uh, thing right up there, right all the way to their brain. No, it just needs to blow the nose and that, that's good enough. And the rest of, you know, if there's any um, congestion uh, more than, you know, higher up, we don't have to worry about that. So those are the basic principles of chatzitza. Next week, we'll continue with the process and proceeds of how to go to the mikveh and specific halachot regarding this then. Yashakoach atzum. Okay. Call tov.